You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Drake, and joining me is the yin to my yang, my rock, my brother from another mother, Dave. Dave, looking good looking. Well, you know, just a little spring ga- post-spring game uh, good feelings. Uh, just getting damper today. Damper today by basketball stuff. I about to say, yeah, it's a little bit bittersweet. And those of you know who... Max isn't here. Unfortunately, he has a, another meeting he has to attend to that was supposed to happen last night. It's happening right now as we speak. So he gave us the range. So you're stuck with us. But if those of you that follow us from Knowles Anonymous know that when me or da- me and Dave are running the show, you know what time it is. It is time for some basketball content, a.k.a. our dunks, dribbles, and dimes. So today, let's yeah, let's get it, Dave. So today, basically, we'll start off our discussion with the new NIL talk first to see how that, because that encompasses all FSU athletics, and it's very important. Then we'll switch over to the very bittersweet news that we'll, we'll tease you about that. You probably heard it on the social media ways, but I, want, I won't say what it is just yet. And then we'll end off discussing the, uh, the preseason poll rankings and how we feel heading into next season with this basketball team. So, Dave, you ready, ready to uh, get the ball rolling? Let's do it, man. So, yesterday it was announced that the uh, FSU Athletics program that they were in, in, instituting the Apex NIL program. For those of you that don't know what NIL is, that is the name and image and likeness program. Basically, this is the one big thing that's been around the circles of NCAA sports and college athletics for the past, I think, 15, 20 years, especially with the Ed O'Bannon decision back in 2014. Basically, for a long time, the NCAA didn't permit student-athletes to profit off of their, their face, their number, or any likeness of them whatsoever. That's why, typically speaking, you see you may see a player's uniform at the store. Their name might not be on there, but they, or, or at the, the, the school will still use their face to sell tickets and programs as well. But now... The times are changing. The, the Supreme Court is actually about to rule on a case that occurred last month um, in the next coming weeks to see whether or not they how to the extent to what they can profit off of. But the state of Florida passed a law that will be instituted and in effect in June of this year, June 1st, that they'll be allowed, the student athletes will be allowed to profit off their name, image, and likeness. So Dave, how big do you think this is actually? This is huge. And it's it was really smart timing by FSU. We talked a lot about or at least I did, that I thought the name image likeness stuff kind of hurt FSU, considering you have just so many more schools with older alumni bases and more wealthy alumni bases. And so I thought the NIL stuff could actually hurt FSU, not relative to the smaller schools, but just in the, the greater scheme of major college sports, especially football. But getting out ahead of it and being the first school to really go you know, zero to a hundred on the NIL stuff was just so smart. It was intelligent. It was, it's not June, by the way, folks. It is July 1st that the rights bill will actually take into effect. And no, man, I'm right there with you, actually. Like, I am very excited for this. You know what I mean? I worked in compliance. Um, I'm a big proponent for, you know, pro player rights. And I, I, I'm been in the camp that I think these players, you know, should get paid what they're worth. And especially, this is more geared not towards, you know, I mean, there's, you have the stars, like, you know, back in the day, Jalen Rams, your Derwin Jason are going to get those big, you know, time deals can make those, make those, endorsements as well but this is primarily more for you know hey you may have alex moxerano you know has this picture you know on the local pizza joint or you have a maurice smith you know hey, it has a has a snap or a commercial with a lo- the local auto shop i mean this is huge for the smaller players for that and the way they announced it i thought was really cool that they are the entire premise behind it is just to teach these athletes whether it be football baseball softball 
soccer. I remember Dana Castellanos was, was one of the um, one of the aforementioned names as well because she was one of the few FSU student athletes or NCAA athletes as a whole that had 1.3 million followers while she was a sophomore in college. And they're supposed to be how to cultivate the brand together, not only their own brand, but using FSU's brand as a whole to elevate them uh, for the future. Well, the big thing to me was it was just so in your face how FSU was screaming to future recruits out there, we want you to make that money and we're going to help you do it. And I mean, we're again, we're the first school to really scream that out loud publicly. Yeah, we will be the first school to do that. I don't see... It, it's kind of that I I have chastised Coburn a lot for how he's been the athletic director. I brought thought he was brought in. You know, I thought he was very narrow minded because he got these main comes from an accounting he's background. Numbers guy, yeah. yeah, he's a numbers guy. Like I'm not saying he's a bad guy. He's done a great job with the role and the task and the kind of the obstacles he was given given the given the state of affairs that was left behind by the previous administration. But I never saw him as you know having a big enough picture or a wide enough you know view to actually embrace athletics as a whole and like get us to a further spot. And this right here kind of like, you know, shut my mouth a little bit because this is definitely uh, putting a premise like not only on the athletes that are currently here, but yeah, you're right. It's a message to future athletes like, hey, kids, you want to make your money? You want to make your brand? You want to be, you want to be, you know, in your face for a lot, you know, for the rest of your life? Cash in? Come to FSU. Because one of the things that they're going to be doing right now, this is a joint partnership with the, actually the business program at the school, with the Jim Moran School. And that, as you know, our business program is actually probably one of the top in the country as well. And what they're doing also is they're having you're giving the kids two for credit college courses and NIL how basically how to teach them how to you how to actually sell their brand, how to market their brand, and it's basically giving them the tools to actually, you know, profit off themselves, which is one big thing that we really need these kids to learn. Yeah. And I think the last thing I'll say about it is you see this a lot in recruitment where like the first school to offer, they don't always get the kid, but it resonates, right? Yeah. And we're again, being the first to do it is significant. I mean that speaks volumes about how dedicated FSU is to really helping these student athletes take advantage of the value they bring in the school. It's awesome. Oh no. I mean, it's great. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how actually this is, you know, five years down the line where it shows on the map. Cause right now it is a big thing that we're the first ones. And we're also the, we're going to be almost for a while. Cause I don't think there are any other States right now. It's South Carolina. I think maybe they're doing theirs in 2022. So we're going to have a jump start with them. And the kid's like, hey, like, I don't know what to do. He's like, hey, listen, like, we've been doing this for a year. And this is what we've learned. This is how we've been able to market our players. And it's going to honestly help immensely with recruiting. And that's something that, you know, like we, our team really badly needs right now. Hey, like Jalen Ramsey said, if you're recruiting, you ain't coming to Florida State. What are you doing? What is you doing? Oh, I love that video. Ugh. And hopefully, you know, NIL can, you know, open the avenues for some of these athletes with some premier brands like Bill Bar. Built Bar is the premier protein bar that has the more even deliciouser than ever. There are six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream. Me, personally, I'm a cherry barcia guy myself ever since quarantine. You can ask Davey, some of past weekend. I've been very adamant about, you know, getting in shape, you know, limiting my calories, getting a little little thinner, a little, being a little more extra, uh, healthier. And Built Bar has helped me immensely with that. There are 12 original flavors, 18 total, and it is great for the health-conscious guy if you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And personally for me, it's something that I, you know, love to have in my snack. I always pair it up with my lunch. And sometimes if I feel a little dirty, I have a second one later on in the night as a little midnight snack. So for those of you, please go to go, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Then once again, the promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
And we're back, folks. And today we are now going back to what me and Dave love to talk about, our bread and butter. He, Like I said before, he is the Michael Jordan to my Scottie Pippen basketball. And unfortunately, we found out today one of our favorite players, a player that we affectionately named Baby Nurkic, Balsa Kopravica, is declared for the NBA draft. Dave, how do you feel about this? <sighs> yeah, that's I. Um, <laughs> here's what I'll say. I love Balsa, so I'm not going to trash him. We've been his biggest fans all year. He was so great for this team. He really came on this year. He developed big time since last year. Um, yeah, this was not a smart decision to me. I, I don't see him getting drafted. I don't think it was in his best interest to leave at this point. I think when you saw the development from last year to this year, and I think he still has, he still has a lot of things he can work on. He's, he's developed into a very good player, but he, in my view, could have left as a great player. Um, not just in FSU, not just in terms of what he did at FSU, but in terms of his skill set going into the next level. And I just, I really wish he would have stuck around for another year, not just for us, but also for him. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked. I mean, I was always, you know, I said jokingly at the beginning of the year, I think after like the first two weeks, I'm like, hey, you know, Balsy, he's looking like a lottery pick out there, you know, for, for an extra year. And I, to me, he probably wouldn't have, would have been one of the linchpins of the group for the coming season because Raekwon Gray, as far as we know, I'm pretty sure he's gone. I think he's probably going to be signing with Asian at this point because we haven't heard anything about potentially him coming back. Um, and then you have Scotty Barnes declared as well, but we all knew that was going to happen because he was a McDonald's All-American. He was a top 10 recruit. But Balsa, it, it is shocking to me. Do I think it's a – I don't think it's the best decision either. However, maybe there's may, – he can still probably, even if he doesn't get drafted, he can still go over to Serbia, uh, play basketball there. Hell, he can even also go to go to other parts of Europe, like you know Spain, play there as well, play one year, a one-year contract and work himself up playing around people that are actually you know a bigger frame, bigger size, and help his draft stock there. So I don't think it's a terrible decision, but I just I, it's a decision that I don't – completely understand but i get the reasons behind it here's what i'll say for those of you who don't know european basketball very well some of those guys live the life over there like they give you your house your car you get paid really well uh yeah some of those guys have a good time over there so i get that and like of course if you have a chance to go get that money go get it like you're you're putting your body on the line in college for the school and historically and until not that long from now, you've never been able to get paid for it, right? Yeah. Well, at least over the table. But that said, I think he had a lot of development coming into this year and was on such a good trajectory in terms of the way his offensive game had been developing. I think he still has work to do on defense. And I don't think it's one of those Scotty Barnes situations where they look at it as he has the imminent potential to grow into an all-star caliber player. I don't think Balsha is there yet. I don't know that he projects to that. I think he could be a decent NBA player, but he's not there yet. And I think he really could have benefited in terms of the impact on this basketball team. Oh boy. Uh, Tanner Engum is our. So is he going to start? Like I'm about to say, like, like I, I, I'm, I don't think that anyone is wondering whether or not it was the, the ever-present threat of Tanner Engom starting over him—that was going to be a problem. Like, is there a player in his upcoming draft, on the draft class, ever, upcoming recruiting class that's pushing him out for that? Because from what from I, from what we've been talking about over in the other pod, our old pod, was that our, we have a top five class coming in, 
And there's going to be a lot of minutes, and like Ham does like to play the death thing where he pulls everybody out regardless of how hot you are. So is there a player coming up that actually is going to push him out for, for limiting his minutes? John Butler is another one of these seven-footers. He's 7'1". Seven that, again, it just makes no sense how Hamilton finds these people. I mean, every year he finds a seven-footer. I mean, no other school has done it. And if you look at Ham's tenure, no other school has been able to do it. It's nuts. That said... John Butler is seven foot one, 190 pounds. Could you, re- could, 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 could you repeat that? Seven one, 190 pounds. That man needs a burger. That man needs to hang out with me and head over to Steak and Shake and grab himself a four by four real quick. Now, that's not to <laughs> say he's not super talented. I mean, he's a top 10 center in the class, number 64 composite overall. He's a talented player. Do I expect him in ACC play to go out and play significant minutes his first year? Barring injury, no, I don't. So, yeah, you're probably looking at Engom in the starting lineup and that I'm not going to speak poorly of the kid. I don't think he's not giving his best. He just was not the player Balsha was, and I don't think we have another Balsha on the roster next year. So then if the player isn't... I guess, and currently in the recruiting classes coming in, do you think potentially that Ham has a trick up his sleeve as a potential transfer coming in? Because I know that Walker Kessler, though, was a hot topic, a hot name from UNC. That kid also was the main reason they won the the game against us. But then you also have a player like, you know, Aiden Engahon from Louisville that might be coming, that's transferring as well. So do you think that Ham has that security blanket like out there? I don't know that they're going to sign another one. I, I forgot to say Naheem McLeod, or McLeod, 7'3", 230 as a Juco player out of Chipola. Mm-hmm. That's a big boy. 7'3", 230 is substantial. But that's I, I don't know that he's going to be ready immediately. And I don't know that he's going to be able to pick up the schemes quickly enough to make an impact, especially early on. I hope he is, again. But even with the combination of him, Butler, and... Uh, and gum, you, we just don't have a replacement for Balsha next year. Okay, that's hmm. yeah, it kind of hurts, man. Like Balsha was probably one of. I have a soft spot for Balsha. Like that, I enjoyed loving. I loved watching him play. Um, like you know, I'm, I am a big three pointer guy, but I did love the way he was able to you know cut to the basket, be physical there, and he he was just fun to watch when he wasn't foul trouble because that was an issue I want to say in the first round of the NCAA, but. I'm going to miss him, man, because like, it doesn't sound like he's coming back from, from all we're hearing right now that he's definitely signing with an agent. And if he doesn't go to the, if he does not draft in the NBA, he might also go just go play in Europe. And like you said, they they do live the life. I mean, they, they get paid millions of dollars just to play over there, and it's not as tolling on the body as well. And Europe is, I mean, I love Europe. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, for everybody that thinks we're being super Debbie Downer, I'll end this piece on a high note. ESPN did their way too early top 25 for next year. And I don't know that they necessarily calculated this into it, but they had us at number nine and they basically explained, we're not going to do this thing again where we ridiculously underrate Florida state every year. You can just trust that a Leonard Hamilton team is going to be there. And for those of you know, we're not trying to be Deborah Downs here, but if you, you know, want to continue getting your fix, if you're like me, if you're a major Marlins fan, you know, you need, you need to commiserate in the misery of, you know, always losing because your bullpen is terrible. Or if you're a Yankees fan like Dave over here, even though he's also a Patriots fan, don't get me started on that, and he wants to revel in being a top three baseball team, head on over to Locked On Today. Locked On Today is the place to where you get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host 
Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it be Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher. Speaking of locks, head on over to Bet Online, the fastest way, fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You got Max with the Bravo. Me, I'm a big cinephile. I love the Oscars. They're around the corner. Hit me up. I can get you those locks for Best Picture. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I got you. With BetOnline.ag gives you real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has to cover all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first ever deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and use the promo code LOCKEDON. LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and tell them that we sent you. So now let's turn over to what Dave previously teased in the last segment. ESPN ranked us in the top 10, number 9, for basketball for our next season. Dave, you kind of briefly touched on it that this is the first time that ESPN has not, I guess, underrated us, which which is really funny because, like, I don't know who, do, who does these polls at all, but it's always that we hear, like, a Seth Greenberg or there was a Daniel Katz, I think is the other one, is the um, bracketology, how we're always underranked, but I guess they don't write their articles. How big is it that we have that momentum coming into the next year? No, it's great. Uh, it's We're in a weird spot, right? We're, we're not exactly sure what the hell this team's going to look like. We could lose an awful lot of what we had from last year. We don't know exactly what's happening with Raekwon Gray. We don't know exactly yet, or do we, what's happening with MJ? I haven't seen anything definitive. Um, the, I think if we're – I'm in the camp that I – think he's going to come back i think but we don't know yeah we don't we don't know i'm pretty i'm in the camp that he's probably left a sour taste in his mouth the way he played off and apparently he was playing hurt for the entire year i mean look i mean like who else are we like who else might be coming back besides those two well it's not really what's coming back that's so exciting to me even though i do think anthony polite could develop into an absolutely awesome shooter Mm -hmm. it's it's what we got coming in caleb mills coming in from houston i mean it was not talked enough how big of a deal that get was by him. That kid was AAC preseason conference player of the year. That kid could easily average 15 points a game next year and immediately replace a lot of the scoring that we lose. Yeah. And he, and it's even bigger that the fact that we didn't play with the true point guard for the entire season, as much as I love Scotty Barnes, he was kind of learning how to play point guard with the size, you know, from the get go, he wasn't like Ben Simmons who always played the point guard spot. But then let me ask you this then, Dave, because there could be a little caveat, a little worry with Caleb Mills. He comes from a Houston team that played very, very well, correct? Yeah. So is it kind of telling of him that when he leaves, that team made a deep deep run and actually were a Final Four participant this past year? Like, dude, does that not worry you at all? I'm not going to play that game if they're better without him. They always show these stats for of like, Oh, when Kevin Durant sat out, the Nets went on a five-game streak. I mean, it's it's a, it's a valid question though, because they obviously were demonstrably better, and it was it showed like, well, we don't know because there wasn't a tournament last year, but they were demonstrably better when he was not there. Having Caleb Mills on this team makes Florida State a, a better basketball team, whether regardless of who comes back or doesn't. Having Caleb Mills is a significant addition to this team at point guard. So then what does he bring to the table besides, you know, the, him being a, a true point guard is huge. Obviously, we saw with a lot of turnovers this past year that might cut that down. Is there anything else that's part of his game that will actually, you know, make us into a better team, hopefully take the next step from? Because right now I feel that we, this is me personally, I feel that I always expect us to make a Sweet 16 now. 
I think that was solidified this past year. So is he able to be the player that pushes up pushes us to an elite eight kind of run, or potentially even the you know the mythical legendary final four? I I mean I hope so. His uh, he averaged thirteen points a game and only playing only twenty two minutes a game as a redshirt freshman. That's a really explosive scoring rate. That that mean that means if he was playing thirty ish thirty two minutes a game like a lot of FSU starters do you should expect him to be scoring about 18 to 20 points a game. Those are staggering numbers. And I know it's in the ACC. It's different. It's not the AAC, but that scoring ability should still, I think, be able to translate. And I'm really excited for the scoring potential he brings. And so tell me about this, this, these um, other freshmen from the recruiting class. Cause like, I think you said before that this is a top five class coming in. And I know it ain't a top five class. It's a top two class, oh. which is nuts. For a team that most Florida State students and fans and just most people nationwide would say that FSU is a football school, we don't really care about basketball. Most of our fans don't. Well, we went out and got the number two recruiting class, which is more than football's done in a long, long time. And that includes a top 25 player in Matthew Cleveland uh, as a small forward. And that includes another top 30 player in Jalen Worley as a shooting guard those two kids can shoot the basketball and what was really disappointing to me this year in particular was the shooting just like pure shooting jump shooting that was a problem for this team we went on these really bad scoring droughts where you would see us settle for these mid-range jumpers well it wasn't just that we were settling for those shots. It's that we just couldn't make those shots. Well, not only they were mid-range, they were just weird. Like, yeah. there were a lot of shots that I hate to pick on him, but I like I mean, I like the kid, but I hate to pick on him. Like, MJ Walker would think he was freaking James Harden, and he would literally take the, like, it wasn't even, it was that awkward no-man's land in between a three-point shot and a mid-range, and not only that, he literally would spin, turn around, do a fadeaway. Turn fadeaway, like Tracy McGrady. Yeah, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, my guy, you can't do that, man. Like... You're drive the ball. That's what you're really good at. But you're doing this, and it's literally always at the beginning of the shot clock, and you're just wasting time. It's a lost possession, and next thing you know, it's a four point swing, and that's what downed us a lot of games, like against Georgia Tech, against UNC. Like that's one problem that we did have. Yeah, if you want to go get excited about FSU basketball for next year, go watch some Matthew Cleveland highlights. I know it's high school basketball. Just go watch his highlights. The kid is elite, and there's a reason he was a five star. And I expect between him and Worley, I would not be surprised if they average, if they approach averaging 30 points a game between them, depending on how the roster shakes out. They may not as get as many minutes, especially if MJ comes back, but that's the potential they have. They have the talent to average 30 points a game between them. Okay. And I guess do, are any of these kids coming in kids that we actually will be, you know, will be Seminoles for maybe two years, not, not just one and done that we've had the past few years. It's really tough to say, and I think it's largely dependent on what the roster composition looks like going into the year. Like, for example, if MJ does come back, I think that decreases the minutes of both Cleveland and Worley. The fewer minutes you play, the less chance you have to showcase your talents. Mm -hmm. And unless you're, you know, unless you're one of those Scotty Barnes, all-world McDonald's All-American type kids, I don't think the NBA just forgives you scoring eight points a game, which could happen if you have limited minutes. So... 
I don't want to be selfish and say, I hope they don't play enough to need to stay and, you know, improve their draft stock, but that could end up happening on its own and not because they're not playing well, but because the roster just carries over upperclassmen that ham trusts. Oh, so yeah, hopefully, you know, we're able to bring everything together with the basketball season. And I want to tease you guys a little bit. We are working on something as we discussed before and earlier this week, they were doing a state of the FS union because of football right now, I'm reaching out to certain Certain podcasts, other media, very familiar faces on the beat uh, to discuss the basketball program. Me and Dave have not been able to do a full deep dive to the season that was, the tournament that was. So we want to bring you that. And when we actually solidify that and actually have the guests that we want to bring in, we will let you guys know. But with that being said, that was another edition of Locked On Seminoles. And I've been very happy to be here. Thank God that Max comes back tomorrow because I will tell you right now, hosting this is, is really difficult. But thank God I have Dave here to help me out. To coax me down a little bit, to calm me down. He's a very soothing presence. You can't see his face right now, but he's smiling from ear to ear. And I can't <laughs> wait to can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. Okay, see you guys tomorrow. I can't wait to for you guys to listen to us tomorrow. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow, or like either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get you guys a podcast from. Take care, everybody. Who knows?